Toby McGuire and Reese Witherspoon shed their color, Metal Gear gets rock solid, and the worst Mission Impossible ever this week on 30-20-10. Welcome everyone to 302010, uh, the leading internet look. 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back in the past. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with me today? Sherlock Holmes impersonator Diana Goodman. Uh, it's me, Sarah. Yes, and we'll be looking back at the week of October 19th in the year 1988, 1998, and 2008 to see what movies, news, TV, video games, music came out within that period. Uh, go back in time with us. It usually is uh, quite fun and nostalgic, and especially for you video game folks this week, which I know we stole a lot of our audience from uh, our previous game shows. You're going to love this week. A lot of good video games to talk about. A lot of, I would say, pretty decent movies and a lot of pretty cool television uh, outside of 2008, as always, which loves its reality shows right now and mm-hmm. bores the hell out of me. Uh, we got some hidden gem movies and some movies, well, at least one I kind of wish I hadn't watched. Oh, yeah. I did Sarah? some studying for this, uh, this week, and... I saw a movie that I'm really happy I revisited because it makes me feel even more philosophical than Ooh. it did originally. I think I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And I never thought that movie would hold up at all when I initially saw it. And I never stopped thinking about it. And I know I'm wrong. All that and more. So stay tuned, people. we got a really fun 30 2010 for you. Any, anyway, beginning as we always do in 1988. We're looking at the week of October 19th through the 25th, 1988. I was eight years old. You guys don't have to tell how old you are. You're ladies. I know that's a bad <laughs> thing to ask. Uh, I but, was uh, 67 about that. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. I was six months old. Six months. All right. So you've got a diverse range in ages here. Uh, but the, phew, I don't know what this is at all. I'm going to make Diana read it. What's this news of 1988? So bring people back who can actually remember all this. All right. So uh, October 21st, 1988, RU486, also known as Mifepristone, is approved for use in France. I do remember this. Mm-hmm. The company drops it, but then the French government orders it as distributed in the interest of public health. Mm. So... This is our first big uh, abortion pill. Mm-hmm. It's th- there have been a couple different tries at having like you take a pill for an abortion instead of like a surgical type thing. This is probably the most effective when you combine it with this other drug, uh, misoprostol. And now that's like 90% of abortions in Scandinavia, but like 30% in the U.S. Okay. Mm-hmm. And even less coming up coming soon. Um, was that yeah. bummer? I don't want to bum people out. Yeah, it's a huge bummer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a huge bummer. So, yeah, I'm- it's a medication that can uh, basically make you miscarry. Um, the first dose of the RU486, it seems to be reversible. There's a little debate about that. Obviously, anti-abortion folks are like, no, it's not. Or sometimes they're like, yes, it is. Change your mind. But that it's a lot safer and it works nicely and it freaked everybody out. I remember yeah. that. It, just... starts, it kind of started that whole abortion on demand idea or it really <laughs> reignited it at least a little just bit. Just speaking to your remote. You just take a pill. I <laughs> mean... It's too easy. You haven't thought about this enough. It's right. Like, yes, they have. Right. And but, also, it's none of your business anyways how much anyone yeah. thinks about it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean... Now with the internet, it's very easy to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It induces... easy. I don't know if it's safe versions that you're getting. I don't know where the hell they're coming from. This is also, I should mention, this is not plan B emergency contraception. Correct. It's a different thing. Yeah, this you can only take, I think, up to 10 weeks of pregnancy after that. Yeah, and the whole question, too, about like whether or not it's reversible is like such a crazy debate because miscarriages are so... Um, Sinful. Not understood <laughs> by the medical community for so many reasons mm-hmm. um, that... The whole idea of like what causes any of that, 
you know, is, is still really up in the air for a lot of people. So, yeah, no, it's an interesting debate for sure. But I'm glad it exists. Yes, but expect everything to be more lighthearted here as we go. <laughs> yep. um, I did not know this had anything to do with France. Um, but uh, yeah, we got movies of 1988, October 19th through the 25th. Oh, some real fun stuff in here. Uh, ooh, and I see one actor you guys don't even know yet is making a double appearance. Mm. What is Little Dorrit, though, Diana? Little Dorrit from our buddies at Can- Canon Films. They're back, <laughs> the and they're they're making a two-part adaptation of a Charles Dickens novel that uh, it's one of these where I watch the trailer and I'm like, yep, this is Chris Kryptonite. He's just going to brag on this. <laughs> but, but it looks like... Alec- it looks he got like Alec Guinness' last Oscar nomination. I was hoping it was wow. the story of, of Alec Guinness and the story of the Dorito. But uh, little, little, <laughs> little Dorrit, don't let that spelling confuse you, because this looks, as, according to Diana, this is bow ring. Wings! Oh, God! For the first Bonnets. time on the Stop it! A story told in two films. The life of Arthur Clennon. Derek Jacoby is Arthur Clement. Too many flutes, too many ascots, and I love that part one is called Nobody's Fault. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no one's fault. There's no villain in this in this picture. So what what else did Canon Films do? Remind uh, me. Uh, just Chuck Norris movies, um, yep. the high-budget version of Othello, Invaders from Mars. They're oh, a very weird studio. We talk about them a lot. Okay, I just yeah. remember mentioning Most- I remember hearing the name, just couldn't place it. Yeah, mostly, you know, late night cable garbage. Mm -hmm. And then every now and then they would just distribute something like, yes, the opera version of Othello. (laughs) Yeah, like like hyper prestigious. That's amazing. Super classy, like BBC production. Mm -hmm. Wow. Why? Question mark. (laughs) Well, this is also Sarah Kryptonite because I hate Dickens. Like, (laughs) Uh, what? Even the Christmas stuff? I know. Yeah, I just can't. I tried so hard with Dickens and I just can't with him. Um, Okay, but uh, what about Michael Kine? Oh, and, uh, always down for my cocaine. Ben Kingsley. I don't have an impression yet. So I'm working on it. Uh, and without a clue, not a sequel to Clue, because I'd love to talk about that movie again. Mm. Uh, no, nope, but it's kind of a precursor to a movie that we're getting very shortly. Ooh. It is uh, a failure of a sh- of a Sherlock Holmes. Mm. This time, though, Ben Kingsley as Watson hires Michael Caine, an actor, a shitty actor, to pretend to be Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. I created the character of Sherlock Holmes. And hired you to play the part. Academy Award winner Ben Kingsley is Dr. Watson, his creator and his boss. Am I to understand that you are giving me notice? He's a keen observer, a sometimes acrobat, and a brilliant scientist. Something wrong? You bet. When the Bank of England's plates go missing, the fate of the Empire falls upon... Falls upon... You guessed it. I accept this case. The trouble is, they're without a clue as to who done it. You're disappointed, aren't you? What done it? Where done it? Or why done it? If they don't kill themselves... Or each other... Evil Professor Moriarty will surely kill them. This looks positively charming. This looks fun. I just was going to say, like, Michael Caine's, like, a comedic lead, and he looks like Will Ferrell, but just because I just (laughs) kept watching that Will Ferrell, John Riley, Sherlock Holmes trailer. Yet another comedic take on it. So, sadly, the reviews for this are like, this is such a cute premise, we wish it were a better movie. Um, It's entirely on YouTube. You want to check it out yourself. Because, yeah, it sounds like I love this idea and that maybe it doesn't sustain the whole thing. I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see the, the Will Ferrell one, mostly because I feel like Ray Fiennes is the best Moriarty. 
casting in the universe. Mm, yes. yes. He was born to play that role. True. And whoever Braun Strowman is. There you go, wrestling fans. Um, who's also in the film. Two uh, fun voice trailer voiceover uh, people, though, yes, in indeed. a row. Um, but but uh, I this one will not have that, because yeah. it's going to be a super serious one. Bat 21, starring Gene Hackman, Danny Glover, and Jerry Reed. Well, we pulled our share of pilots out of there, but never a 53-year-old lieutenant colonel. Bat 21. He's hunted, but he's not alone. Don't worry, Batsy One. We'll get you out. But it's not going to happen today. Negative, negative. It's got to be today. Let's get the basic relationship down here. I'm the lifeguard. You're the drowning man. If you fight me, then I'll have to slap you around. Now get your hands together, Mr. Bat 21 is teen off from the blue marker now out. All right. <laughs> this looks like the opposite of that movie Gene Hackman did with Owen Wilson. That I forgot yeah, the title exactly. of. exactly. Behind Enemy Lines. Behind Enemy Lines, where he's guiding Owen Wilson uh, back to, I don't know, American yeah. Rescue. But Gene Hackman as an action star in the late 80s? He's a little yeah. old for that. Yeah. He's a little old for that. But he's running around, ju- jumping from bombs in what I'm guessing is the Philippines or, or, or Hawaii. Subbing yeah. for uh, Vietnam? Sure. Probably. <laughs> that, was a, that was a question mark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this is on... I remember I've seen parts of this a billion times, because if you had one uncut movie channel like encore they played mm-hmm. this constantly uh also out this week things change with don amici and joe montagna anything to say about this one Dean? yeah i remember seeing this back in the day and thinking it was really charming it is directed and co-written by david mamet the other co-writer is shell silverstein what Whoa. the fuck really with the sidewalk Seriously. in shell silverstein yeah mm. and it's really cute um okay Mammoth's not really known for comedy, uh, but this is kind of a crime comedy where Don Amici agrees to take the fall for a mob crime in exchange for, like, they're going to buy him, like, a boat once he gets out of jail. And Joe Montagna is sort of his minder from the mob, and he just decides, like, I'm going to go have fun. Like, let's make a big deal about, like, I'm going away from a mob crime. <laughs> and uh, they go to the casinos, and it's really cute. All right, all, all right. right. So funny 25th hour. Yeah. Columbia Pictures presents the story of two unlikely friends. You the boss. I am the boss. And one unforgettable weekend. How big is your guy? This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. At the mob's expense. Here we go. Whatever credit these gentlemen require, there's no limit. And I mean no limit. I bet $25,000. Fucking love this music. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> Coming up next on HBO. That's what that shit sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never even heard of this Mammoth film. Um, yep. It's it's his follow-up to House of Games, which is, you know, more like Spanish prisoner, twisty-turny yeah. type things. And this is a lighter version. And I admit I haven't revisited it in probably 25 years. But I remember just thinking, like, this is really fun. Why does no one know this? <laughs> well, we I'm do now. Diana, when I was, I don't know, 15. <laughs> I'm just going, oh, this is fun. Uh, but I remember this one because this was on once again all day long on our encore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mystic Pizza. Remember, we had one in my San Francisco neighborhood, a terrible really? looking pizza place in the worst neighborhood you can imagine. Uh, Julie Roberts, Annabelle Gish, uh, Lily Taylor, and Vincent D'Onofrio on Mystic Pizza. In a place called Mystic, Daisy's a pizza waitress. Charlie's upper crust. Cat's watching Tim's daughter. Tim's watching Cat. Bill wants a commitment. So how does November 21st sound? JoJo wants her freedom. The only reason to get married is get the hell out of Mystic. Three couples, one love story. A romantic comedy with the works. Mystic Pizza. Okay, pop quiz. Mm -hmm. Name a pizza restaurant with a waitress. 
Because <laughs> there's only one answer. Pizza Hut. Pizza, True. Pizza Hut is your... Mm. There, no pizza place you've ever been to has had a waitress. You go mm. up, you order your shit, and you wait. That's how you get a pizza. Yeah. That's how you get a pizza. I was just mm. talking to Sam the other day about how I wish Pizza Hut's pizza buffet was better. Oh, it's it's even worse than its regular pizza. Oh, it's and I, I've been like terrible. five times. I know, me too. I keep thinking it's going to get better. <laughs> no, it never does. Because uh, I don't have a problem with Pizza Hut. Totally on. Nice. But that's my one nitpick with the movie because I have not seen this in forever. But oh. this is, the, this is it's not Julie Roberts' first movie or just her breakthrough no. movie? It's it's kind of more of her lead movie, mm. and yeah. then people just sort of forgot about it until we get Pretty Woman like in a year or two, and then our, everyone's like, "Oh, the girl from Mystic Pizza!" Right. Mm-hmm. I remember oh, every celebrity profile right. of her Mystic Pizza appeared in the first or second paragraph. They're like, "I recognize that hair and all those teeth." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Sarah just watched. Yeah, this. I just watched it because it was one of those sleepover staples that somehow I missed out on growing up Uh, yeah so uh yeah it's cute I was describing it to a gal pal of mine today and I was like it's the perfect movie to put on when you're folding laundry like uh, you know and just listen to it it's like a podcast of a movie it kind of is podcast the cinematographer and little baby Annabeth Gish with her little cute face like yeah it's great I really like it a lot um it's just like a a wrong a rom-com order a pizza too because it made me very hungry for pizza and I wish I could yeah I just I don't like rom-coms i prefer this kind of rom-com i guess there's something about an ensemble rom-com it's like well that couple sucks but i like this part of it so i'll watch it Um, right yeah but when it's just like something with a poster where it's two people back to back folding their arms i'm like i'm gonna hate this because i don't like the main couple which i almost never do wow that's i'm gonna hate this movie that's accurate that's profound diana i think i'm the same way that's pretty i do like prefer an ensemble i can watch a love actually yeah. But just about, yeah. oh, not even four Christmases. Can't even do that. That's too much family. Mm. That's, <laughs> but I wish I could offer you, uh, you gentlemen out there some fine counter-programming. But instead, all we have to deal with is <laughs> Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. Uh, does everybody know why they're calling this The Return of Michael Myers? Because it's a wonderful oh, yes. it's a wonderful tale. John Carpenter, I just watched the original Halloween. They just released in 4K. A fucking fantastic film. Mm. Um, yep. Fantastic film. I, I also want to point out uh, we are, for our patrons at patreon.com slash lasertime, supporting the whole Lasertime network and this show. Uh, they now get, for five bucks, we're doing a ten-part series on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th deliberately ripped off the Halloween series. Hmm. Um, Halloween came out in 1978. Um, Friday the 13th came out in, what, 79, 80? It came out in 80. So this year... Jason is on his eighth movie and Halloween is on its fourth. It has taken its time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Taken its time. But of course, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers is called that because the third film, uh, I think Carpenter and the producers made a rather bold move. No, we don't want the Halloween series to be all about Michael Myers. This story is going to run its course and get diluted and be not fun and embarrassing. They were right. Uh, we didn't. <laughs> they didn't know that yet. So for the third movie, they're like, there should just be a movie every year called Halloween about whatever we want. Hmm. And Halloween 3 is a beautiful film, Season of the Witch. It's hilarious. It's about an alien conspiracy that lays eggs and snakes (laughs) in children's eyeballs through a series of masks and... uh, Television uh, hypnosis. Wow. Hero is like the least likable drunk I've ever seen yeah. lead a movie. He's a drunk. Uh, it's really a great bad. Going to solve this crime, good, but first, but let I me cheat it. on my wife. It really covers its bases <laughs> between Halloween franchise, witches, mm-hmm. and aliens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, right. But that's the thing. It's it, I love Celtic it. Shit. Something for everyone. I love Halloween Three. It's okay. one of my favorite horror movies to watch during October. 
But Halloween 4 came back and like everyone's like, yeah, finally, Michael Myers. Oh, my God. What damage have we wrought, monkey's paw? <laughs> I mean, I don't think 4, 4 didn't have that stigma yet. It was just good to have Michael Myers back. But let's hear a bit of that trailer. Ten years ago, Halloween, evil had a shape. Terror had a night. And now he's back. Six bodies, Sherry. That's what I've seen. Michael Myers is here in this town. Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. He's come home to kill. Halloween 4, rated R. I forgot, they, they really unshattered the mask at this yeah, point. that's true. Because the first one, like, holy shit, if you read that trivia, that's a Shatner mask, mm-hmm. you can see it. But yeah, I believe this is uh, retconned by the new movie, so it might not matter anyway. But I am right. dying to but watch it. You him. know, with you mentioning that like they've gotten through twice as many... Uh, Jason Voorhees movies, but before they get to this Michael Myers movies, I don't think I, I never really noticed before how good they are at hitting the 10 year anniversaries. Totally. In Halloween. Yeah. Halloween 4, they make a big deal 10 years ago. And then we've, we already talked about Halloween H2O. Halloween 20 water. years ago. And then right now we got another one and it's 40 years ago. Wow. And it's 40 years ago. Lori Strode is back. She is not in four. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it retcons all of this. Huh. So uh, the new Halloween, right. I, which is very confusing because you can't have a direct sequel to Halloween with the same title. Why would you do that? Mm. It's not a television show. You can't call it yeah. episode two of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Halloween 4 is out and the critics are not kind. Um, it's the, the fans, I think, were happy, but it, it gets real bad later on. And I'm dying to rewatch all these. And I think I'm going to try before the end of October uh, to watch 4, 5, and 6 because they get real bad. Um, <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Uh, TV of 1988, uh, October 19th to the 25th. Did I get that date right? Yes, finally the L.A. Dodgers beat the Oakland A's in uh, 49 states. Give a mighty shrug. Because uh, <laughs> who really cares? Um, but yes, also on October 21st, I teased a double shot of a certain actor. He's in a movie right. in theaters. And he's in a movie on, on CBS, the two-part Jack the Ripper, which starts on October 21st. On the teeming streets of Whitechapel... Women were being torn to pieces by a killer who vanished in the shadows, time after time. So terrible was the savagery that the world remembers it still. Jack the Ripper. Leading the manhunt was Scotland Yard's Inspector Frederick George Abilene. Mary Nichols was a shilling whore. She wasn't killed for money, she didn't have any. According to the doctors, she wasn't even sexually assaulted. Yet somebody tore her to pieces in the streets. So find him. Let me know if you hear anything, Kevin. Of course I will, Georgie. I've seen him. The killer. You saw the killer in a vision? Look for a man with two faces. I couldn't stop playing it just because it's. this is everyone's Michael Caine that, I was going to say, this <laughs> is peak Michael Caine. He was only 13. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in Jack the Ripper uh, at the same exact time. That is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, also ridiculous, one of the weirdest two-parters in the history of 80s sitcomery, uh, Alf's Tonight Tonight. Uh, I'm going to give both of you two guesses what Tonight Tonight references. One guess per. One guess per. Tonight Tonight. Smashing Pumpkins. Um, Not <laughs> way ahead of yeah, the jump. He could see into the future and it's Smashing Pumpkins. Right, of course. Um, tonight Show? Jesus, give Diana a prize because that is what this is all about. Alf being an actor who everybody recognizes as Alf. It is adorable to look at uh, and very authentic. Yes, His Holiness Pope John Paul II. Dr. Joyce Brothers, and Joan Embry of the San Diego Zoo. This is Ed McMahon along with Tommy Newsom and the NBC Orchestra. And now, here's Alfie. Music. 
Alf with legs, be careful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Alf. The answer to the burning question, who's the only NBC star with more hair than Michael Landon? <laughs> Yo, Ed, nice to see you. Well, welcome to the Tonight Show, Alf. Ed was missing last week, so the cops put his picture on a six-pack of Budweiser. What? It's the Tonight Show. People typically laugh at Johnny Carson. Uh, but yeah, truly uh, a very memorable Alf event, but actually really bizarre and, and wonderful. And But I was saying the worst Mission Impossible ever. Mm-hmm. And we referenced this in our, our episode about... With the whole Mission Impossible movie series, which yeah. just culminated with its, I think, its finest film mm. up until this point. Parts yep. Fallout was amazing. Yeah. It is. It, it was better than the last two. It was a better Bond film than the last two Bond films. That's true. And uh, did Diana say no? <laughs> no, I said, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Diana, you totally should. It was fantastic. I still haven't seen it. It's I know, great. I know. It's but, not as good as Ghost Pro, but it's pretty good. But I, I was right. reading this as the bizarre result of a writer's strike on October 23rd. Um, during the writer strike, they just, they opted, let's take old Mission Impossible scripts because at this point, Mission Impossible, the old show, is held up very well. It's running in syndication; the whole world knows it. Um, they take the old scripts and just do them again. Uh, okay. Peter Graves returns as Jim Phelps, the this, now the senior member, and there's a whole new cast. And for two years, people seem to be pretty fine with it. I would say, with the exception of this theme song, because I want real fucking horns, man. I don't want Mark Mother's bra synth in my Mission Impossible <laughs> theme song. Don't care for that midi horse shit. We don't tolerate that on 302010. Uh, but that came out and lasted two years. And I remember we bizarrely found out on an episode of Retronauts where we were looking at early games based on television shows. There was an Atari Mission Impossible game. It is not based on the 1960 television series. It's based on this show. Oh, uh, well, so that makes sense. This two, two seasons, it barely makes sense because this lasted like two seasons. It came out after it was canceled and just says Mission Impossible. The Atari game came but, out? But yeah, if you were looking... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... Here's another 80s obscurity I wanted to dig into very briefly because, like, maybe I'm impressing too much on it because of this whole podcasting thing. Uh, but in, on October 25th, I believe NBC, a hour-long drama airs called Midnight Caller. Have either of you heard of this? Yeah, I have vague remembrances of this. It, it was, I think, a critical darling and kind of kind of got you know shit on in the ratings, but it was a Gary Cole-starring show... Uh, Delving into the then new medium of talk radio. Oh. A former cop, uh, I believe, who accidentally kills his partner, then becomes a talk radio host. And through being a talk radio host and answering people's questions, introduces himself to serial killers and depression and other, and ends up doing mild police work on the job. But it's a, it's, it's a single camera show and it's got a lot of monologuing set to 80s music. And I love, love, love the voice of Gary Cole. Mm-hmm. I love that man yeah, so much. Yeah. Fucking Lumberg, Mr. Brady, Harvey Bird. He just came back as Harvey Birdman. I love Gary Cole. And I, I, th- this clip isn't like wowing. It's just like, it's a very soothing 80s talk radio vibe with oh, Gary yeah. Cole. I just, I, I, love I would him. listen to that dude. And he'd sign off every episode. Yeah. Uh, just talking into a microphone. 
But I'm also reminded that bitterness is a useless pill, that to rail at the world for past injustices is ultimately a debilitating pastime and a waste of precious energy. So when we look back, let's look back with kindness at those things that are worth remembering. And so tonight, even though it's against the rules, let's break format. And if you're listening, boss, this one's for you. This is Jack Killian on KJCM, 98.3 FM, and good night, America, wherever you are. Well, we <laughs> oh, my God. I want to watch a thousand hours so of this. So calming. Uh, and just so we don't have to talk about it again, it immediately hit controversy. And uh, if you're alive and a member of the LGBTQIA, whatever it's called now, community, you remember the show for a different reason because it had a very... Uh-oh. It had a lot of. It dealt with a lot of serious subjects, and one of its serious subjects was, I believe, someone called into a show and was a bisexual person with AIDS. This is AIDS at a point where, like, the president has yet to acknowledge its uh-huh. existence. Yeah, uh, who calls in and says he's he's this bisexual person is giving straight woman targeting straight women to give them AIDS. Oh, uh, oh and boy. before it aired, it was a huge controversy. They had to change the content of the episode. But mm-hmm. like, that's kind of the thing the show is remembered for. It did something so controversial very early on. They had to alter the content of its third episode wow. uh, two weeks oh. from now. Midnight Caller, ladies and gentlemen. Midnight Caller. What? On October 22nd, the New Adventures of Mighty Mouse finale. Um, this is disappointing because I know way too much about this show. I didn't see it in the talk. Um, <laughs> uh, because this show is... Uh, Ralph Bakshi coming to television animation, the legendary 70s R-rated uh, animator coming to television with Mighty Mouse with a very respectable little cartoon uh, that tried really hard and like looks and is way more fun than the original Mighty Mouse. At this point, you would be able to tell that because they just doubled up. They put the old Mighty Mouse in the same show with the new Mighty Mouse because they couldn't afford to make the show mm-hmm. uh, very easily because it was expensive. Uh, it's where people like John Crickfalusi got a start, and it's got a lot of behind-the-scenes controversy in that like, there were some animated feuds that made its way into episodes. We wrote about that. Henry wrote about that in one article where people have worked for, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, the Chipmunks guy. Come on. We all know him. Uh, Ross Bagdasarian. Thanks, everyone. Uh, <laughs> where <laughs> they, make, they make fun of him. They kill his dog in the show. <gasps> like, uh, oh. it, it, they don't tell you what it is. Uh-huh. But like, I'm the only one who yells every day, that movie's like the only thing I've seen with real product placement in an animated film, and it's parodied in an episode of Mighty Mouse. Also, the show was sort of canceled. It, it was a beacon of controversy because at one point, Mighty Mouse like chopped up a flower and snorted it. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, people the, the Watch Dogs group did not have a good time with that, but it lasted two seasons, but it's still talked about. It's a very important piece of animation that would lead into, I would say, the 90s animation renaissance because hmm. the show... It doesn't look great now, but if you compare it to things like He-Man and whatever the fuck they were doing with the Looney Tunes characters with that, that terrible 80s animation, it looks very good. It moves very well. Uh, and people were clearly working their ass off. So, God damn it. I really did like that show. I bought the DVD box set. You can buy it pretty cheaply on Amazon now. I would say get it before all that shit disappears. Uh, but on October 23rd, Dance Till Dawn, a TV movie with Christina Applegate, Alyssa Milano, Tempest Bledsoe, uh, Diana Goodman, whose name is in front of Tracy Gold, um, <laughs> Matthew Perry, and Alan Thicke, and Kelsey Grammer? Wow. I know. It's a, it's a TV movie about 
prom. <laughs> it's on YouTube, and it is like starring every single '80s teen girl on television. Yeah, presumably it, dancing I mean, with it, Alan Thicke and Kelsey Grammer. Avengers of '80s sitcoms. <laughs> Um, and on October 23rd, we also have uh, Murder, She Wrote, JB as in Jailbird. What's this about time? I only throw this in because I like to go through the Murder, She Wrote and see who's got the best guest actors. Mm-hmm. And this one has Maxwell Caulfield, John Reese davies and Blackula himself, Ron O'Neill. Wow. wow. In oh. one episode. <laughs> and I, I, of course, missed one at the top. Because I was wringing my hands over when I would be able to talk about the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown again. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't believe that aired in primetime. What I can find due to uh, the research is that it aired at like 7 o'clock or 7.30. Because they were wow. premiering a brand new show for the Peanuts that would air sporadically throughout 1988 and 1989 that some people will remember. Because they sold it on home video later, like uh, in full. This is America, Charlie Brown. It would it, Eight episodes that would air between now and May of next year. But uh, three, four in a row airing, like, leading up to Thanksgiving. Mm. First episode being about the Mayflower. Here's a tiny little clip of the trailer. You can join the Peanuts gang as they set sail on a journey through time. Their adventures will change the course of American history. This exciting adventure will put you right alongside your favorite Peanuts characters. Tickle, tickle, tickle. (laughs) As they discover some of the most important people, places, and events in American history. I'd like you to meet the President of the United States. This Abraham Lincoln. It's, mm-hmm. It was. I remember looking forward to this so much, and like, yeah, this is pretty boring. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> why do the peanuts do this? I'm pretty sure we watched this in elementary school mm-hmm. during my teacher's hangover days. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> actually, I'm sure of it. And I, I hope. I really hope. Again, not saying my childhood was better, but I always hope kids have something like the peanuts to look forward to. This like this break from tradition that comes out every like five months to a year mm. that you just that pops up on TV and you get really excited like shit it's not the thing my parents watch it's being interrupted for something I can watch I don't know that there's an equivalent of that but it was so cool even when the peanut specials are bad mm-hmm. it's, it was worth getting excited over uh, anyway that is television but here's here's some big shit this week because uh, I put this in here this may have released somewhere else within the month uh, than like the past 30 to 40 days but Ghostbusters for NES a Oh. Very, very obtuse game that is ridiculously difficult where you play as the Ghostbusters. If you like the theme, it'll play over and over and over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again. Uh, but you drive through the streets of Manhattan, catch ghosts until you eventually uh, approach Zool. It's it's pretty fucking bad. It is pretty bad. I remember it's one of the only games my friend, and he was like so poor, and he got the game and he was so excited. And he came back like two days later and just like handed it to me and like Aww. you like Ghostbusters right like there was no trade in at the moment yeah. and he's like I made a huge mistake what a huge bummer uh, and and we talked about uh, Mario 2 or Mario USA debuting a few weeks ago right that long standing rumor of like I hear they're up to Mario 8 in Japan or my uncle works for Nintendo that started because Mario 2 came out for us two weeks ago and in Japan Mario 3 is out and we won't get it for a very long time mm. uh, and there's no internet to see what it looks like all you do is can hear rumors and maybe see little posted size screenshots in a magazine uh, but I meant to tease it with this because the Japanese commercial is ah, well animated and beautiful and not the one we know of of kids screaming Mario on, all <laughs> around the globe uh, it's just beautiful Technical fantasy game, Super Mario Bros. 3. Super Mario Bros. 3, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Finally comes out in Japan this week. 
And that is it for uh, the games that week. I, I probably should talk more about Mario 3, but let's do that when it comes out in America, shall we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's one of the most important, important Mario games of all time. We have some music to talk about, October 19th to the 25th. Uh, we have new releases uh, in Music, California by American Music Club, In the Spirit of Things by Kansas, My Nation Underground by Julian Cope, uh, QR by Quiet Riot, Rage by T. Powell, uh, The Serpent's Egg by Dead Can Dance, Till I Loved You by Barbara Streisand, and Look Sharp by Roxette, which will spawn a few number ones in 1989, and Jesus Christ, that is the most 90s music I can think of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Roxette. But our buddy Phil Collins is number one. On the charts with a groovy kind of love. Oh so that's, my god, this song! <laughs> I don't, I don't, do I, I? I can't think of what the song I'm is. I'm sure my you'll head. recognize it yeah. when okay. you hear it. It's so, mm-hmm. it, it like, oh man, it's super '80s with a very '70s title. <laughs> yes, very. Well, it's because it's like for '80s adults who feel like they have like a groovy kind of love, babe. Yeah, <laughs> he's looped back around, and Phil Collins is cool again. So let's close out the 1988 segment, the 302010, with a groovy kind of love by the man himself and we will be back in 1998 stay right there You know the person in my life I'm probably least attentive to? Me! And my health. But one of the things this man baby is most proud of is making the switch to an electric toothbrush. And let me assure you, Quip is Quip is the better electric toothbrush created by both designers and dentists to make brushing your pearlies more simple, affordable, and enjoyable. And you 302010ers can grab your Quip brush and get your first refill pack free by going to getquip.com slash T3, as in Terminator 3. I was recommended a switch by a dental hygienist almost two years ago, and I will never go back to a regular toothbrush. Contrary to what some of you folks think, Quip brushes aren't abrasive at all, and its sensitive sonic vibrations are gentle on even the most sensitive of gums. It's even got a pulse timer to remind you to switch sides every 30 seconds in order to clean your teeth better in just two minutes. But my favorite thing about Quip is the brush heads. I am not great at keeping a good grocery list, and sometimes I go days wringing the last bit of toothpaste out of the tube. But Quip brush heads get si- but Quip brush heads get shipped to you automatically on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks. Quip is backed by over twenty thousand dentist professionals. But if we're speaking of dollars, perhaps the absolute best reason to switch IMO is the price. Quip's electric brush and replacement heads are way less expensive than those brushes you find in drugstores. A Quip electric brush set starts at just twenty five dollars, and if you go to getquip.com/t3 right now. You get your first refill pack for free with the purchase of a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash T and a three, getquip.com slash T3. What is up, 302010ers? I think it goes without saying we all take our TV very seriously here. So once I cut the cord on cable, I just assumed 
TiVo didn't have anything to offer me, and boy, was I wrong. Because the TiVo Bolt OTA, that's over the air, is a damn fine streaming box when combined with your HD antenna. It's got 4K and HDR output. It's got all the streaming apps I love, like Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, WWE Network, and more. And yeah, I can enjoy the luxury of TiVo. And yeah, I can finally enjoy the luxury TiVo has always provided skipping commercials. Although now you can do it with voice commands with a remote or even Alexa, and of course, record entire seasons of your favorite show with regularly updated program guides for your area. And that's just the TiVo Bolt OTA model. The TiVo Bolt Vox offers the same complete home TV experience, albeit a superior one over just about any DVR box you'd rent from your cable company. If you've got cable, you could save a ton of money in the long run over rental fees just by getting a TiVo Bolt Vox. Both the TiVo Bolt Vox and OTA are faster, slicker, and even stream your shows and live TV to your mobile devices, and that's pretty cool. So are you ready for a way better So are you ready for a way better way to watch? Good news. TiVo has put together a deal just for our listeners. 20% off any TiVo Bolt OTA or TiVo Bolt Vox. Just head to TiVo.com slash T320 and enter promo code T320. Once again, that's TiVo.com slash T320 and promo code T320 at checkout for 20% off. It's been one week since you looked at me. Cocked your head to the side and said I'm angry. Five days since you laughed at me. Saying get back together, come back and see me. Three days since the living room. I realize it's all my fault, but couldn't tell you. Yesterday, you'd forgiven me. But it'll still be two days till I say I'm sorry. Hold it, now I'll watch the hood wink. Cause I make you stop think. You'll think you're looking at Aquaman. I summon fish to the dish. Although I like the shallow sweets, I like the sushi. Cause it's never touch a frying pan. Hot like uh. Chicken to China, the Chinese, 302010, segment two. Yeah. I'm trying because uh, <laughs> One Week by Bare Naked Ladies is finally number one because this album's been out for a bit, hasn't it? Um, yeah, it's yes. been out for a while. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was not planned. China's just that good. Um, yeah. <laughs> And again, I remember. Uh, I remember. We. I remember getting out of a movie and driving with my friends, and we hear this song for the first time. And we're like, "What the fuck is this?" Mm-hmm. I wish I could bring people back to like, "What yes. is this? This isn't rap, but it's faster than rap." What is this? I remember that feeling as well. Like, what is happening? And I took a giant drag of a cigarette, and like, you guys are scared. But this is going to be the number one song for like we're going to hear so much more of this. Trust oh, me. And I was totally. I'm almost bonus. never right about anything, and I'm, I I don't know I don't know even know why I said it because it did feel like something totally different. But like, this is the whitest music I've ever heard. They're going to go nuts. <laughs> well, they are Canadian. They're going to go nuts. Um, it's so fun. I'm it, sorry. It's it, so fun. <laughs> it is super fun still. Like, and if you can get to, if you ever go to a karaoke and someone bust that out it is like Whoa. it burns the house down like i've seen it once or twice yeah it's kind of amazing to be honest like i've heard other bare naked lady songs that almost never had this guy as their lead singer and they're i like them all better and my favorite memory of them is when they were invited to the mtv music awards they weren't cool enough to get in the building mm-hmm. so they had to play the pre-show so they start playing this song and they're like fuck it and then they just play these top five songs nominated for song of the year Closing with getting jiggy with it. Oh my so god! So all five band nice. members just drop their their instruments and just start dancing, like do a choreographed dance, and they're all like thirty overweight Canadian white chubby white dudes dancing <laughs> to get jiggy with it, and like that's that's a fucking funny thing to do. It's oh, um, awesome. and I can never hate them because of that. Yeah. Uh, but we also have new music releases uh, this week. Nineteen ninety eight, October nineteenth to the twenty fifth. Uh, Honey to the Bee by Billy Pepper, better known uh, from Doctor Who. What? Yeah. Yeah, Billy Piper. Billy Piper. She was the companion for the first new Doctor Who. I was thinking of Barry Pepper. That didn't check out in my mind. No. 
Um, uh, American Water by the Silver Jews. Uh, Everything's Gonna Be Alright by Dina Carter. Deanna Carter. Hard to Swallow, Phil <laughs> third album, and it was. Uh, maybe You've Been Brainwashed too. the new Radicals only studio album. And again, next to Harvey Danger, one of my favorite one-hit wonders of the 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, 98 Degrees in Ridings. Rising by 98 Degrees. Wow, we're just watching two, two eras of music butt up against one another. Uh, and There's more. Wander This World by, Wander this world by Johnny Lang. Uh, Why Do They Rock So Hard by Real Big Fish. Uh, You've Come a Long Way Baby by Fatboy Slim. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Believe shares 22nd album. Uh, in My Life by George Martin, a series of bizarre Beatles covers, and the first uh, U.S. Now That's What I Call Music. That is a monster Fuck. week oh. for this music. This is the most 98 week we have had <laughs> by far. As that. I'm researching this, I kept I kept going like, no, no, not Fatboy Slim too. No, wait, what? Wow. Yeah. Real Big Fish? No. That's monster. I refuse. And, uh, and then U.S. Now That's What I Call No, it's impossible. Yeah, those, uh, those last... <laughs> it's true. Those last three albums, I think, would, would end up cutting the some of the best performing singles of that year. Shares Believe. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Anything by yeah. Fatboy Slim. And I, I, I thought the public wouldn't immediately take to Now What I Call Music. And I think somebody else did, too, because England had been doing it for, what, like, at least a decade, yeah, uh, hadn't they? Much. And mm -hmm. it, it immediately like hit the charts and never left. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Anyway, 1998. You're 1998. People, was that not clear enough? Fat Boy Slim and Cher are competing <laughs> in the music charts. October 19th to the 25th. Uh, we have some movies to talk about. Lenny Bruce, Swear to Tell the Truth. I'm embarrassed. I have not seen this documentary. Same here. Uh, great documentary. I really if wanted. I, to if I had to pick out one Lenny Bruce documentary, that would be it. Oh fuck me! Fuck me! Why did I see Soldier then with Kurt Russell, <laughs> Jason Scott Lee, Connie Nielsen, and Gary Busey? Because it might be Paul W. S. Anderson's best movie. Yeah. Ooh, that's oh. right. Because he's made nothing but terrible shit ever since. Yeah, yeah but this Ooh. is okay. Is it? I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I constantly confuse it with uh, Mario Van Peebles' Solo. Uh, let's hear a little bit of the trailer. Let's clear this up. He was programmed from birth to be part of the most invincible army in history. But like all scientific advancements, they're practically manufactured using DNA profiles. He was destined to become obsolete. More endurance, better hand-eye. It's a whole different standard. What do we do with him? Waste disposal. His training had prepared him for anything. All right. Wow. Is that nice? Um, yeah, nineties this this trailer Oof. up, but uh, yeah, Kurt Russell's a super soldier, and he's sort of dumped at this outer space colony mm -hmm. full of trash, and he's got to help people. Uh, but the next movies I really did see in the theater. Honestly, I'd say Soldier. It's mm -hmm. a decent B movie, and yeah. I'm kind of surprised to find out. Oh, it's Paul W S Anderson. Why didn't he like build on this success to better things instead of just still making constantly movies? adapting Capcom stuff? Mm -hmm. Jesus, quit it! You're going to ruin Monster Hunter, sir. Um, but this this puts me in an odd time. Uh, maybe it will for you too. Do you remember in 1988 being anxious to see what Brian Singer did again? Because uh, I remember in 1988, but in 1998 19, I did. 1998. Don't ruin my, <laughs> my joke. Uh, but yeah, Brian being excited for Brian Singer's next movie after Usual Suspects. Now, which I would kind of like to go. I'd more like to go to his funeral. Mm. Uh, but he came out mm. with a app pupil. A Stephen King adaptation starring Ian McKellen, Brad Renfro, and Joshua Jackson in a movie I quite liked. What do you want, boy? From the director of The Usual Suspects. I have your fingerprints. I have your photographs. Curiosity drew him in. You did those things. I want to hear about it. 
everything they're afraid to show us in school. But when fascination turns to fear, be careful. You play with fire. The real game begins. Have you lost your mind? Ian McKellen, Brad Renfro. Now we see what you're made of. Apt pupil, rated R. There's going to be too much uh, teen actor suicide in this segment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we yeah. overdosed. So this is the one I kind of wish I hadn't watched. Really? Oh, really? Why? For for a couple reasons. I mean, I felt bad for Bren- Brad Renfro because, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he met a bad early end. Uh, and he's very good in this. Um, also, there's a lot of shots of teenage boys with their shirts uh-huh. off and in showers. I believe mm-hmm. a certain accusations maybe. send from this movie with some of those actors, if I'm not mistaken, uh, against that Brian Singer. Real uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, it's so, it, it made me sad to think like 20 years ago, we could treat like uh, a kid getting like suddenly like really interested in Nazism, <clears throat> in Nazism and the Holocaust and, you know, getting fascinated with that as, you know, a sign of something wrong, of poison in his mind. And now it's like, I have the internet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just a universal thing. Disaffected young white dudes kind of get into, like, the, the, the fantasy of power of Nazism. And here we got Brad Renfro uh, tracking down. He spots a dude that he's pretty sure is uh, a former Nazi camp commandant and starts bothering him and pestering him and asking him a lot of questions and like the Eventually, best part of it is how there's like this power dynamic that keeps shifting between them mm-hmm. but because he is I a still, nazi oh. war criminal and then he but he eventually yeah. like i got you brother yeah. i am blackmailing you uh to, to teach me teach right. me um yeah and then ian mckellen starts blackmailing him back mm-hmm. and so there's yeah the shifting power dynamic and that was really interesting uh it just i don't know man it's gonna be two bad weeks after i watched this and i sort of the heebie-jeebies thinking about like it's so easy for guys to just start getting these shitty ideas in their head next thing you know the holocaust never happened those are people all died of typhoid so blah, blah 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 some bullshit and then i'm like okay well at least i watched that i got it out of my head you know <laughs> nazism contained fine, whatever. And I see next week we had American History X. And oh. I'm like, God damn oh it, 1998. Oh, I damn. will not be revisiting that one because I've watched it too uh, many times. I, so, I just get the feeling that yeah. these movies have been co-opted by something, by an ugly scene at this point. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. No, it was it was disturbing in a way I wasn't expecting. I was expecting mm-hmm. a little more after school special and it was much more psychological. Yeah. So. Yeah. And um, I, But a pretty good adaptation of a Stephen King novella. And I believe the character and situations are, are in fact, referenced in Castle Rock, if you're following that show on Hulu. Oh, uh, it's okay. part of Yeah, it's part of the St- Stephen King universe, baby. Uh, but a more pleasant haha, <laughs> uh, film is actually at the number one at the box office, which I was... Like trying to be snotty for the wrong reasons, and then I just end up revisiting this movie every so often. Like this is perfectly wonderful. It one, is. Of, one of 1998's yeah. uh, better contributions to cinema. Tobey Maguire. A hap- it's mm. a happy movie about racism mm-hmm. instead of a scary one. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Tobey Maguire. Wreath. Wreath. Wizards. I cannot say it. Wreath. <laughs> Witherspoon. <laughs> Jeff Daniels. That's our Christmas name. Yeah. Wraith. Wreath. Wizard Spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Daniels. Joan Allen. William H Macy. J T Walsh. And the one and only Don Knotts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Pleasantville. Good morning, kids. Better get a move on, or you'll be late for school. I put blueberries in them just the way you like. We're in Pleasantville. No. We're supposed to be in school. We're supposed to be in color. What's all the commotion? Who's that? I didn't think you'd want to come here until we'd been pinned for a little while. You can pin me anytime you want to. Or maybe I should just pin you. She's a fine young woman. She would never do anything for us to be concerned about. From the creator of Big and Dave. What are you 
people. You can't do this to them. You're messing with their whole universe. Maybe it needs to be messed with David. Comes a story about the loss of innocence. Oh, I brought you something from the library. Gee whiz. And the power of change. Well, what's outside of Pleasantville? There's some places where the road keeps going. Ah, uh, yeah, now I want to watch this again. Yeah, it's uh, great. Oh. It, I was really thinking, okay, this is going to be too treacly, so I watched it, and I'm like, god damn, this is well done. Mm-hmm. I love it. It is, and mm-hmm. it's something I think about every time I watch black and white entertainment, the uncomplicated, don't think too much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this is just the way yeah, things are. So, the idea of so that being too- a metaphor for change and growth and mm-hmm. evolution yeah, so two modern uh, teens yes. end up in like a Leave It to Beaver type fifties TV show, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, it's just going to be jokes about how square they are, but then it's sort of subtly, well, not so subtly, it it ends up being about racism. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's, but it but also it's not the it's it's not the Brady like, it's not the Brady Bunch movie, which is what I thought it was going right, for. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it, instead, it ends up being about like internal growth and curiosity and mm-hmm. you know challenging yourself and pushing your boundaries and not being stuck in your boring little world right. to like grow and expand and in color and for special effects too yeah. these effects really hold up oh yeah it's, yeah. it's just it's never not going to be beautiful to watch it as these citizens of pleasantville get woke mm-hmm. they gain color mm-hmm. and it's this little epidemic they all think is very strange it's, things get less perfect it's so exciting though to watch what so as a citizen of pleasantville mm-hmm. like experiences a new experience they 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 turn into color. They go from black and white to technicolor. Mm-hmm. So not it doesn't happen for everyone at the same time. And it starts out, I just think it's so interesting to watch the evolution because it starts out kind of, Reese Witherspoon starts it out really mm-hmm. through Paul her sexuality, through her sexuality, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which, you know, is not shown in a very judgmental light or anything, I don't think. It's mm-hmm. um, really, so that's really exciting. But then as it goes on, it's not just sex for everyone. It's everyone has their kind of own individual experience of what takes them from black and white to color, mm-hmm. which is something that like I loved revisiting and thinking about. Like this is a much deeper film than I think a lot of people gave yeah. it credit for, which it's is why I think fair. it's yeah. absolutely worth revisiting. And I know that like it's a good exercise, I think, a good personal philosophical exercise to look back on your life and try to think of like what what were my Technicolor moments that I've had Ooh. in my life? Mm. Um, because I hope we've all had some. I mean, I, yet. I, <laughs> I I can say for like, for example, for mine, one of my main ones was um, when I went to nerd camp. I mm-hmm. went to a, a philosophy camp, actually, um, the summer between wow. my sophomore and junior year of high school. And I met like a huge group of people or, you know, a group of friends that like really became my um coven or my tribe i don't like using the word tribe but um and that that is a moment i can definitively point to and say like that is when my life went from one black and white to color in a certain way and it's a good exercise to do because i think it pushes you to look for that in the future and to yeah. always be like pushing for that. Mine might have been working at a homeless shelter. Yeah. And it sort of which sort of undid the myth like certain people talk as if people want to be homeless mm-hmm. <laughs> or that it's always the same story mm-hmm. and it, it never is and it's always complicated and then a little bit of color and then 9/11 happened and uh, my glo- I became ooh yeah vibrant technicolor uh, in glo- terms of global politics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. I can see that. Yeah. Where's Diana's yeah, Pleasantville well. moment? <laughs> she probably already had it. Yeah. 
Paul I'm not Newman. Sure, I can think of a couple different ones where it's just sudden, sudden realizations of, oh, <laughs> yeah, my life can be this way instead. Yes, it's not Paul well, Newman. There was one I had. I had a <laughs> uh, I had a bad boyfriend. I was in a bad relationship with, and there was a moment where I realized, you know, it's not that I'm not in love with him. I don't like him. Ooh, mm. and that's that a was big a big one. moment of, oh my god. Okay, I have figured out everything. Yep. <laughs> That is a huge one for sure. Yeah. Uh, I hate it when it happens to me. Yeah. Well, I absolutely recommend a rewatch of this for anyone yeah, who's totally. curious. And then some real, yep. like, you know, searching. Yeah, from uh, Gary, directed by Gary Ross, the writer of Big and Dave mm-hmm. and eventually The Hunger Games, weirdly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yep. And yeah. uh, Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8. Most recent one. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, um, I love that too. So, yeah. yeah but, but this is, it's, I wish there were more movies like this. It yeah. is charming, but it is interesting and it's well done and it's good acting all around. Yes. William H. Macy and Joan Allen are like the perfect square couple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and again, like you said, female sexuality with Joan Allen ends up being like a big thing of realizing, oh, you don't have to vacuum in pearls. Yep. You can just take care of your own needs and... And a fire starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Daniels is amazing. Like, so heart-wrenching in it as, like, an artist undiscovered Mm -hmm. by himself, basically. A real soda jerk. Yeah. He turns into, like, (laughs) just an amazing artist. It's just, like, visually your eyes just want to soak up everything on the screen. And Bill Macy continues his, like fucking run as the greatest schlub in cinema history Mm. yeah (laughs) oh Uh, i should mention he's in things change too and so is felicity huffman but it's before they were married oh um well to move on to television of 1998 uh october 19th to the 25th oh the yankees beat the pod suck it california decade later another state takes it from you i can't muster the enthusiasm um (laughs) it's uh we have uh interesting television uh this week oh this is awful i should just say awful (laughs) Awful television this week uh, as part of its first ever 13 Days of Halloween, the Fox Family Channel debuts the new Adams Family with the worst redo of a theme song I've ever heard in my life. Adams Family theme song. We can all do it right now. It's great. It's great. It's great. We all love it. It still holds up. It's a great. Put it on your Halloween playlist. Everyone will love it. Uh, This never. It's not even spooky. God damn it. God damn it. I don't care for this at all. No, that's terrible. And I know we talked a little while ago about Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah stepping in for uh, Gomez and Morticia in a in a straight TV movie or t- a video straight to video, video. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they did not do that in this case. It is a bunch of people I've never heard of, and the only person even reprising their role from that film is the, the girl who played Wednesday, and she did almost nothing else. Mm. Uh, but this this did not last very long. Not at a single season, but debuted at a proper time. Should have worked. It sounds like that opening sounds a little bit closer to actually the Adams Family musical, the mm-hmm. Broadway musical, cool. which is excellent, by the way. And I highly recommend it. It's super fun. And Too the music terrified. is great. And uh, let's just say on October 25th, uh, the, Disney Ch- the Disney Channel debuts this show. Silverstone, the ultimate action hero. Top agent for a secret organization. Saving the world one mission at a time. At least that's who I play on TV. In real life, I'm Jet Jackson. Being a TV star is cool, but being a regular kid is even better. So I had the show moved back to my hometown, Willstead, North Carolina. Now, 
I can hang with my friends. Thus saving a ton of money on the budget. Uh, that is the famous Jet Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, a show I have seen not a single frame of. So can't speak with any experience. I watched some of it, and yeah. it's good. Yeah, I it's mean, got it's, a Hannah Montana premise, premise before Hannah Montana. Yeah, and it's got kind of, uh, for me, it was like the tail end of that um, Even Stevens, mm. the Hillary Duff uh, oh, but show. not going into like for some reason Disney wanting to just make Full House looking shows for the rest of their lives. Yeah, like it definitely mm-hmm. has an interesting premise. I was aged out of it a little bit quicker, and mm-hmm. so I didn't see as much of it. But I definitely remember watching it, and I think it's totally watchable and uh, is pretty great and great representation for that time too for mm-hmm. Disney Channel. Yeah, and it, uh, well, it looks better for sure. But I, there, there was some. Uh, I think there was some rule that Disney would cancel their shows before people aged out of them. Mm-hmm. So this is a hit, but like only lasted 65 episodes because mm-hmm. by the time our audience gets there, they're they're done with this kind of show. Yeah, um, and that's okay. Yeah, and the, the lead <laughs> most notably committed suicide a few years later as well. Oh. That's the thing oh. I was forecasting. Jesus, I did not know Lee, that. Lee Thompson, of course, you did. We, we didn't watch the show. Uh, we, we how are we to know? a bit of it. Um, but yeah, yeah I'll, I'll move on from that morbidity into something... I think it's a little more funny and more Halloween. That's for fucking sure. Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Nine. Uh, I I do I have I have a soft spot for this episode, even though I Which watched one's this. This uh, this one, the first one, you might remember for Homer getting an implant of snake's hair, and uh, mm. yeah, it takes control of him. Uh, or the Simpsons kids ending up on live with Regis and Kathy Lee or Kelly. I can't remember, but mm. they're animated into the Regis show. Uh, or perhaps the most memorable one for me that makes me laugh a bunch is the horribly titled Starship Poopers, um, where they most interestingly find a way to shoehorn King and Kodos into yet another Halloween special by saying that uh, Maggie, when she grows her first tooth, is actually a fang, and the secret father is King and or Kodos. And uh, in order to settle the dispute, this being 1998, The Simpsons and Kodos must go on the only show to settle such, a, such disagreements. Homer, how did it feel to learn your baby was fathered by a drooling space octopus? It made me angry, Jerry. Angry and tired. Well, you're about to get a whole lot angrier because we have the extramarital, extraterrestrial backstage in a soundproof booth where he can't hear us. I hear all. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Kang. It's, I don't know why it still makes me giggle. It's, it's just like, if you ever watched the Jerry Springer show, it's like, everybody knew what to do. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody knew exactly what to do and how to act. And like this, yeah, immediately come out and start fighting the person, mm-hmm. cursing. We got we got people. No, they won't let you get hurt. Uh, but yeah, I did like that episode. And then Jerry Springer gets beat up by the baby at the end and starts cursing as well. Mm. Also very entertaining. Yeah. But I, I love, I, again, there's no finer American Halloween tradition in the Treehouse of Horror in any year. I have not seen this year's yet, and I cannot wait. Um, anyway, that about wraps up television as of this week. But we have too many fun games to mention. One we streamed on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash lasertime, called LSD. Uh, it only came out in Japan, if you can believe it. And claims to be a dream simulator, but it is. there's a reason it's called LSD. It's very weird. There's no point. You kind of wander from one hallucinogenic scene to the next by even by falling into 
polygonal cows and sheep and then into fun houses. It's very, very, very strange and the mm-hmm. kind of thing that I don't think American audience would have received very well then but would love now. And uh, our buddy Greg is on who speaks Japanese to help get us through it because it's, it's not – it is the least typical game you can imagine. And it's going up against a bunch of other – more prominent games that America did remember, Xenogears being one of them. I don't know the game very well, so I can't speak to that. But Turok 2 is freed from Super, or Nintendo 64 exclusivity and on every platform. Uh, I believe this is everybody's favorite Turok, which uh, it's been remastered on Steam if you want to get it there. But uh, most importantly, Metal Gear Solid comes out. I've heard of this. And even Diana understands the importance because your husband is a huge freak for Metal Gear Solid. Loves his MGS. Yep. Uh, but that oh, yes. that comes out now, and, and just if you've been listening to the show and don't know games, you may have heard us talk about the original Metal Gear Solid from 1988, and it's this is such a weird departure for that series. It ended up that's a game that people sort of remembered, but not terribly fondly, and then this game comes out and sort of redefines what the entire medium can do. Um, I'm sure you remember all those things like a psycho mantis reading your memory card. You've played Ape Escape. Uh, <laughs> Or like trying to hide from his psycho beams by plugging your controller into the second port so he can't read your thoughts. Like a bunch of weirdo, <laughs> interesting stuff like that. Looking at footprints, using smoke to find laser traps. Uh, just a lot of interesting elements that no game was doing before this. This is rightfully considered a masterpiece. One of the best games ever and one of the best years for games ever. And since I can't speak that eloquently about it because I've only played it like once or twice, um, what I wanted to speak for it was the Weird dichotomy of 90s advertising. Because uh, video game advertising was awful during this period. Just fucking atrocious. It was all like, it was so Geico-esque and mentioned and showed, showed its product like almost not at all. And But somehow Metal Gear Solid like transcended that and got two different flavors of commercials in America. This being the first dumb one. It's an extremely sensitive covert operation. You'll be one man against an entire squad of high-tech special ops. If you want to survive, you got to have brains. You have to be in peak physical condition. The fate of the free world is in your hands, soldier. Failure is not an option. So aren't these tests kind of easy? Suicide mission. Oh. That's a sketch! Gear solid. That's a sketch! There's like four frames of gameplay in this. And yeah. it's all a guy jumping over one cone and fucking around in a kiddie pool and playing with kid As blocks. sketch, it's kind of funny, though. I know, but it's just, it's, he's rubbing his stomach and patting his head at the same That's time. That's hard, okay? I know! <laughs> this would go on to become one of the most important games of the entire fucking medium. And then this, I think Sony may, may have paid for this one just to better, better represent what it was trying to sell you. Because even I was like, who cares about Metal Gear? I played... Both the games that are available, they don't do anything for me. I'm like, no, this game is fucking different. Here's why. The critics agree Metal Gear Solid is an absolute masterpiece. Games just don't look any better than this. The best reason yet to own a PlayStation. Metal Gear Solid by Konami. I love I wow. just I love seeing that because that's how they market most games now to like let's say adults. 
yeah. or are not children exclusively, and it got both because it had to. It's it's interesting though. Like the first one is it reminds me now of like more of our like postmodern the mm-hmm. way they like advertise mm-hmm. certain television programs. Mm-hmm. Like, you, what is this TV show about? <laughs> I mean, this is a funny idea, but I don't get it. And, and you've then had this my attention like... for twenty seconds, but I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, the, metal, mm-hmm. the second one is just all game footage, and it's. You should see it just because it's like the best looking game ever made. And it's like hella polygonal and totally not the best looking game ever made now. But like they've, it's it's way ahead of its time and it deserves all that praise I think still holds up for the original Metal Gear Solid. Di, what's your experience with Metal Gear? <laughs> I know my husband likes it. I know there's a whole bunch of games and I know everyone has funny names like Solid Snake and like Naked Radio Snake. Ocelot. Yeah. And Revolver like- Ocelot. Oh, it was Revolver Ocelot yeah. and um, like Stabby Pangolin <laughs> and um, Sneeze on Your Red Panda. No. And- <laughs> no. Uh, but, but yeah, but multiple endings are really, really fun. Just a mature game. I don't know. It made you feel not ashamed to play games. It was the sort of thing in 1998. Like we weren't really wearing being a player on our shoulders that we were in high school and pubescent and trying to get dates. But then like dude, you have to come over and see this. You have to. Mm-hmm. This is so unbelievable. Uh, but Metal Gear Solid, ladies and gentlemen, came out this week in 1998 uh, on our shores. But uh, yeah, that is it for 1998. Uh, we will close out with Across the Universe by Fiona Apple because that was for the Pleasantville soundtrack. Yes, Holy shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She has that black and white music video where... God damn. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. I have this in my iTunes and I keep getting confused with... Because Rufus... Rufus Wainwright also does a great cover of Across the Universe for the I Am Sam soundtrack. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only good thing that came out of that movie is the soundtrack. Because it's all Beatles covers, right? Yeah, yeah. and by like Amy Mann and whatnot. Oh. But this is another great cover as well. Oh. Uh, but I always get them confused for which movie they're for. Uh, well, let's go out with that and we'll see you folks once again in 2008. Stay right there. Across the How are you 30, 20 tenors dealing with adulthood? Cool. How is your investment portfolio? Hey, hey, don't get scared. Because this show is brought to you by Robinhood, the non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. Robinhood strives to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And they want to give you a free stock, which you can get by going to t3podcast.robinhood.com. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. Seriously, no commission. While other brokers charge you $10 per trade, Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees at all, so trade those stocks and keep all your profits. I was not familiar with this world at all, but the simple and intuitive design makes it really easy to digest. If you're the kind of person who stays up on tech and media news, it is fascinating to watch companies like Netflix or Apple stock move in accordance with the news. Robinhood makes it easy to learn how to build your portfolio and discover new stocks or even track your favorite companies in a personalized feed. And they want you to try it for yourself. And they're so confident, Robinhood is giving listeners a free stock, like Apple, 4.0. 
forward or sprint to help you build your portfolio. So sign up at t3podcast.robinhood.com. That is a T and a three, the word podcast.robinhood.com. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It was but other than that, I'm with people who enjoy the movie because it's good venom. That's the thing, they don't pull any punches like Venom's biting people's heads off and yeah, eating people. Yeah, I mean, it's not gratuitous in when it happens. It's, off, it's, it's, it's always it's, off screen, yeah, it's but, it, but it is happening. Yeah. And so. they're joking about it. When I'm watching Venom, like, I swear I thought this was different. And then I realized I was thinking for the trailer for Upgrade, which is also Tom Hardy, where he wakes up with something else, like, with another, like, biotics in his body that take control of him and argue with him. Shit, I don't remember that. And it's like the exact same thing that happens in Venom. <laughs> and it's also the exact same accent. Yeah, Tom Har- I got this parasite. <laughs> what is up with this? Is he making fun of us? I don't know. He sounds more like that guy that played, what is his name, Steve, the boyfriend on Sex and the oh, City like, or whatever. I'm such a wiener, Miranda. Uh, I gotta work at the bar. I'm just such a wuss. I, I don't respect me either, Miranda. Yeah, the Eddie Brock voice is just... I, I didn't much care for I, it. I just watched Dunkirk with my dad and just Tom Hardy, like, 15 minutes, several gallons. Like, your voice is normal, man. What's happening? How come when you affect American accent, you just get so derpy? Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing all the <laughs> boss. Like, I'm Eddie Brock, crack reporter. I got I'm the just... most famous show on YouTube. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of october 19th through 25th of course we do yay i'll i'll come up with something even if we didn't but uh let's start 40 years ago october 25th 1978 yep that was the release of the first halloween movie so yeah they're serious about the 10 years ago it's like almost to the date i mean they nail it i mean obviously a halloween movie's got to come out in october but yeah it's pretty cool and, uh, let's see, 50 years ago this week, we had uh, Russ Meyer's Vixen, which is pretty fun. And uh, my actual recommend, which is, I keep, I'm still looking for, like, was the oldest movie I can, like, confidently recommend to people. Here's another one from 1933, which has turned out to be a pretty good year. 85 years ago this week, saw the release of Footlight Parade, starring James Cagney and Joan Blondell and Dick Powell and Ruby Keeler. This is like the purest musical you're ever going to see. It basically has no plot. (laughs) The plot is, hey, should we put on some shows? Yeah, let's put on some shows. Uh, So it's co-directed by Busby Berkeley. He does all the musical numbers. And it's just pure, crazy, early film entertainment. It's before the production code censorship stuff came in. So there's a little bit of it that's a little bit racier than maybe you're used to seeing from something from the 30s but even though it's in black and white i think kids would love to watch it because it's big and crazy and lots of dancing and singing and all kinds of numbers and just it, it's so much fun it's one of, i it's one of the best movies from the 30s especially for musicals that and 42nd street so that's my recommend 85 years ago this week 
Footlight Parade is released 1933, and that's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming into 2008 with Womanizer by Britney Spears, because it's number one this week. Mm-hmm. The week being 8, October 19th to the 25th. Hi, everybody. Welcome to 2008 segment of 30 2010. That's a really good song to run to, by the way. <laughs> Womanizer? Like, yeah. Uh, depends on what you're running towards. Or away from. Oh, okay. Works. <laughs> Takes all kinds. Takes mm-hmm, all kinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also some new music releases. Ugh. From ACDC. <laughs> Black yeah. Ice. Is it? This is. Ugh. They're not making any more albums. Though. They just lost somebody important, didn't they? They've lost a bunch of people over time. They just. They just find new ones. Yeah, but like, I thought. Hey, they, you. The little, you're drunk. Come here. The little school kid with the guitar. Great. He's gone. Wait, the lead singer can't sing, so like, what else are you gonna do? And they all grow out of their little boy costumes. <laughs> yeah, well, not, wait, is that the right band? It's the right band. Okay, just it's the right band. ACDC. No, they've had a, they've had a couple lead singers. That they mm-hmm. tend to um, die because they're drunk in Australian. Oh, <laughs> that'll do it. Love how Diana it. became the most controversial person on the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> off with their heads by That's the. That's right. I'm pissing off a whole continent. I mean, come at me, bros. That's You're an 18 hour flight away. Diana, it's a bootable offense. Yeah, I need you to be careful. <laughs> Early on, I did say I was glad the abortion pill exists. So I imagine that's not going to win me too much. Hands. Yeah, it weeds them out. Well, this is a 2008 segment. Off with their heads by the Kaiser Chiefs is out right now. Uh, I can't think of a more 2008 band than that. Back to now by LaBelle. They're first since 1976, and they're last up to this point. You're missed, LaBelle. Yep. Um, Happiness is the Road by Marillion. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Sound by Mary Mary, and Heavy Rotation by Anastasia. Am I saying that right? Mm. Love, yes. love being told I said it wrong. News. Uh, news in 2008, October 19th to 25th. Whoa, really? 2008. Um, October 21st, the Large Hydrogen Collider is inaugurated. Large Hadron? Yep, the Large Hab- yeah, Large Hadron ah, Collider hydro, is inaugurated. Hydro. And people thought, if we turn this thing on, it could create a black hole and we could all die. But yes. we didn't. I, well, or they- did we? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Mm, mm. Someone, like, some crazy dude d- tried to do a lawsuit to get an injunction against it starting because he was like, look. It's either going to make a black hole or it's not. It's a 50-50 chance. And people are like, that's not how statistics You're work. Right. That, that is That is the most panic-stricken, the last panic-stricken thing I can remember. The non-religious panic throughout everybody. Everybody's wondering what this was going to do. Most people had level heads, but even Wired was like, here's the worst things it could do. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, Y2K and then uh, witches and Christianity and all that stuff. That's all I can remember. Well, and then don't forget the Mayan 2012. Yes, I do. I do, but I, I wasn't scared at all. Yeah. Uh, this, this, I was like, huh? If I knew more about science, I'd be terrified. Yeah, I was like, if I knew less <laughs> about science, I'd be terrified. No, I had no idea what was going to happen. Oh, but if we, I was very, very nihilistic about the whole thing. I was like, well, I feel like that's fitting, you know, that we <laughs> try to learn so much about science that we destroy ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm okay with sense. that. If it happens, it happens. Yeah, sounds like we have it coming. Yeah, okay. it's almost what every sci-fi story is about. Yeah, it's better than capitalism destroying us, which is what we're doing now. <laughs> oh, this podcast got so left. 
Um, <laughs> uh, let's bring it back to the movies of 2008. October 19th to the 25th, uh, Anne Hathaway, Patrick Wilson, David Morrison, Andre Brower, and Passengers. I hate it. Not that Passengers. Even more the pro- Passengers that no one likes. <laughs> Wait, what? what? I'm pretty sure the other Passengers no one likes either. No one liked that one either, but this one, it's like, it's one of these movies that almost sounds like, okay, I never heard of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Allegedly, it went to theaters, but like, if I lived in Slovakia or something, there would be a guy on the street selling this, and I'd be like, big American movie, <laughs> and it, it turns out it's a movie that no one has heard of over here. Mm. There are so many of these, mm. where it's like, you've got a bunch of big stars, you obviously have a budget, and I guess you just, it didn't test well, and you give up. Mm. I don't know. Because this has like a 20-something on Rotten Tomatoes, and no one cares. Damn. Um, Let me see if I recognize it at all. There were 10 survivors of Flight 117. When did you first realize that something was wrong? You have no idea what any of us are going through. Some returned in shock. Hey! Wait! Don't go! But one... How are you feeling? I feel great. ...came back with a gift explained your patients are highly susceptible to external influence right now it's my dog he's buried in my mom's backyard he died when i was six we got it okay we got it um (laughs) passengers they're on a plane this is a movie in doing the research for this i Mm. read the description of it and i didn't get around to watching it but i was like wow this sounds kind of up my alley and now i saw the trailer dude this premise is used every six months mostly for television Mm -hmm. a flight or a thing people disappear come back don't know where they've been some have power some don't i don't want to see this ever again we have the fantastic four that's all I need. It's the plot of a new television program right. out called right. Manifest. You sure it's not the 4400 or one of those <laughs> right. other billion other or fucking shows? Lost. Yeah, it's happened so <laughs> many times. Yeah. Uh, also out this week, Pride and Glory with Ed Norton and Colin Farrell. Mm, this sounds terrible. It sounds so generic. <laughs> Even the trailer sounds generic. They're dead. The money's missing. There's only one of those things we can get back. Now, what is going on here? Were you in on this? We sold our shields off. High is better. Murder for hire. Did you hear what I said? Jimmy executed him. Be smart. They were burying the truth. This goes deeper than you think. I will not apologize for doing what I do. Pride and glory. Yeah. Colin Farrell can barely hide his accent. Then <laughs> hard pass on that. I don't yeah. like it. It sounds generic. It sounds like it's from 1998 yeah. instead of 2008. Yeah. If you've seen it and it turns out it's great, please let us know. <laughs> I don't like it when We're Edward Norton has his uh, street tough goatee on. <laughs> like <laughs> he puts that on for like certain roles, and I don't. No, I'm not. Mr. A Norton, fan. focus groups feel they can all beat you up. <laughs> um, <laughs> please. Grow out a goatee or something. Shave yeah. your head. Um, Diana, is the next movie, is this a one of the many Clint Eastwood movies I don't watch? The every other Clint Eastwood movie? Uh, yeah, this is one of the many, many Clint Eastwood movies. <laughs> He's actually a pretty prolific guy. Uh, but Changeling is really damn good. Is it? And it came and went. And I really liked it. Oh. I just know he makes like all, about 1.7 movies a year. And I miss one and see the other. And this is the one I missed that year. Uh, Changeling yeah. with Angelina Jolie. I'll be home before it gets dark. Los Angeles, March 10th, 1928. Walter! Christine Collins' son vanished. Five months later, the police told her her son had been found alive. That's not my son. It's not Walter as you remember him. The mystery. 
mystery of what happened would change a city forever. You have stopped looking for my son. Why should we be looking for someone we've already found? I want my son back! Man, what is this, like Flight of the Navigator for 1928? (laughs) It's a joke that'll work for a couple people. That's what it sounds like. Um, Uh, Yeah, I mean, they pretty much just explained it right there. Mm -hmm. their, Their kid disappears, and then they give her another kid, and they're like, your kid's back. And she's like, no, it's not. But and it, then she's just so much of it is just like the paranoia and the frustration of Angelina Jolie, who's really good in this, mm-hmm. just trying to like, they're like, case closed. What? We're done. And she's like, no, no, you're not. Why isn't anyone listening to me? Mm. I'm sorry, kid. This isn't my kid. He's Where better. the hell did this kid come from? Yeah. Where, where did you get him? Could you put him <laughs> back there? I'm sorry. Not my kid. Ugh. And just her like butting up against the system and having no one listen to her. Mm. And it's just really well done. Man, I need I need yeah. younger people to start coming to the table and and really convincing me to follow the series Saw further down the rabbit hole because I do love horror sequels. I really even when they're bad. It just I saw Saw one. I'm like that was pretty good. Saw two. Saw two. I'm mm-hmm. like never again. Don't need to see that. And then the more I read about, it, I'm like that sounds ridiculous. I need to see this because mm. I believe the uh, killer has been dead for two movies at this point. Uh, saw five <laughs> <laughs> comes out with Tobin Bell, Julie Benz. Uh, Megan Good and Costas Mandalur. Uh, have you seen anybody seen Saw Five? So of course not Sarah. Nope. Of course not Diana. And nope. Cor- not me. Nope. I know you. Hi. I know your family. I followed you, and I know what you've done. It's <laughs> Saw Five. So, I wish we knew anything about it. Uh, yeah, and that okay. That trailer is the one out of like a whole bunch of different ads that actually has someone talking. Yeah, most uh, of them are just jigsaw. screams for thirty seconds. They just say yeah. Saw Five, new games, new it, prizes. Could, yeah, I mean, it could have been like any of those torture porns that came out because they just like flash the image of mm-hmm. jig, Jigsaw for like. Only long enough for your brain to recognize it. Like, that's as long as it's on That's, the that's why I like the Nightmare screen. on Elm Street movie so much. Because this formula's been done a thousand times. You establish a killer, and he kills people in interesting ways. And Jigsaw is very much like that. But it's all, like, weird little Rube Goldberg contraptions. Mm-hmm. Whereas Freddy kills people with 80s music videos. <laughs> that's what I like. Dream sequences that look amazing. Um, yeah. Now, wait, please weigh in in the comments if you want to talk about the Saw series. If you are mm-hmm. a saunasseur. Ooh. Oh, 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 I like that. I really Thank like you. that. I just did that. It's another merit badge um, for Diana. <laughs> Thank you. I I love reading like the the like short descriptions on like Wikipedia or something because like we're so deep into this series and like you said I think I think Jigsaw's dead but Tobin Bell's in the credits so maybe there's flashbacks or video. There is. There's him. always flashbacks. And it's like so many of these characters like different cops and whatever carry over movie to movie and then mm-hmm. it turns out like oh this cop that was good two movies ago well now he's the one doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like it, there's like a really complicated set of characters in these things. But I love that. And that part's fun. I love the turn Fate of the Furious. I can't knock Saw 5 for doing it. Uh, but if we didn't yep. sound like um, old people enough for that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you hear about this movie <laughs> from Walt Disney Pictures be the first to see their last year together I'm gonna have a last dance with these ties it's gonna be with you this fall experience the memories this is our last chance to do something together the surprises ah! 
and goodbyes of senior year. I'm a lot better at saying goodbye than you. Why are you saying goodbye? High School Musical 3. Now playing. I'm a spring break. You're not pumped to see what happens? I'm a summer beach movie guy. I love that series. Come on. Come on, Wildcats. Let's get pumped. (laughs) I have to say, for high school. Sorry, I watched a lot of ads for this, and that's what they're (laughs) I have to say, for high school musical, so I don't know if we've all figured this out yet, but I'm kind of basic in a Mm. lot of ways. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. And I also love things that have strong rabid fandoms because mm-hmm. i find them fascinating i forget we did we did something about best-selling albums and like for like two and a half years the best-selling album ever was the high school musical soundtrack yeah so. and i mean like mm-hmm. high school musical is one of those phenomenons that still has like a still pr- i last i checked like a still pretty vocal standing hard fan base on tumblr and live journal which is mm-hmm. where those things live on forever live on forever for exactly for and it it makes me curious, honestly. And maybe one day when I have a lot of time on my hands, I'll delve into the high school mu- high school I, musical phenomenon. Because honestly, I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm less curious, but at least I'm not angry anymore. No. And yeah. I, There's no reason to be angry there about was, this. There There's was no reason there, to be angry. There was at this point. If you walk Why? into Disneyland Why? for the first time... And you're told that the Tron and Muppets exhibit will be closed down for the high school musical play. Mm-hmm. You get mad at this phenomenon. All right, uh, darling. <laughs> this did. I know. I understand. This is not for you. I said I'm not mad. I'm, yeah, I'm not okay, mad anymore. Good, but good, I definitely at the time like. <sighs> yeah. If there was a pop culture gun that I could assassinate <laughs> a thing, a franchise, uh, I'd do it to high school. Sorry, musical. Tron was going to be replaced by something. Yeah, I know, and it was also yeah. my second time to Disneyland that that month, and uh, I can't really complain. <laughs> okay, but, come on, but, you know, you it, it, weirdo. If they did shut down the streets <laughs> to like sing these songs I'd never heard. It, it was, it was, it was. It's not not annoying. I mean, like it could happen, to, but it's Disneyland. I'm not. It's annoying because you're an adult. Yeah. If you were of that age and into that, it would blow no, your I'm, mind. I'm more into musicals now than I ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the time, I was probably a little uh, too cool for the fucking room and just an idiot and an asshole and I keep evolving and I'll probably say the same thing 10 years from now but uh, obviously I wasn't watching this but it is interesting if I had to like write a history of films that went from made for TV to theaters like mm-hmm. what is it like mm-hmm. Duel and like this like I can't think of anything else like what launched on television and ended up just moving to theaters it was so big yeah I can't think of anything it's huge and I like I think the best response to phenomenon like this is to instead of getting angry or bitter is to just say it's not for me and then be fascinated by it because I'm fascinated by yeah. it I'm fascinated by all teen phenomena like why do th- why does some things work and other things don't and what's the special alchemy that happens here and I think I, I would have yeah. found it weird if you would have said like well everybody who was in this movie will be in movies for the rest of your life I would have mm-hmm. said you're full of shit because child actors have a very low shelf life mm-hmm. meanwhile Zac Efron where we stand now is kind of the closest thing we have to a young leading man in both comedies and dramas he he's he good. is i mean yeah that's yeah that's he's good not point. untalented yeah. mm-hmm. you know this isn't for me but mm-hmm. everything i've seen of it i really appreciate they are leaning in so hard on musicals yeah. mm-hmm. and being as cheesy as they can but it's also like it's original songs there's dance numbers <laughs> And it's just a kind of, you know, except for like maybe Glee, it's the only thing that we get anymore yep. that's like this, like an extremely old fashioned musical. It's, and that like the kids like that and like a bre- 
you know, embraced it so much that it became this massive, massive hit. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I it's like that. It's not cynical, which mm-hmm. I think for a certain generation mm-hmm. of entertainment, pe- people who enjoy entertainment, they don't like that. Because, uh, you know, it's a, I think it's a generational thing. But I think that, you know, the anti-cynicism of this, mm-hmm. while still being, I think, I haven't seen them, but I suspect there are jokes in here that we would say, that's a good joke. Or that's smart. I'm sure the musical numbers are fine. Yeah. And so, I mean, not to mention, like, they're, from what I can see, they're inclusive. They, representation is great in, like, most of what I've seen in this. So, yeah, I it's not for me, mm-hmm. but I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. Yeah. I um, but yeah, I like old any kind of old fashioned entertainment that hits. I'm fascinated by yeah. too. Of like, wow, how did this one work? Also, <laughs> if if you want to experience High School Musical without experiencing it, bad lip reading actually got <laughs> hired by Disney to do like a 22 minute version of the first High School Musical, dubbed over. Wow, yeah. with what it looks like they're saying, and it's all about um, Lumpanella and. Um, Oh, what's his name? Is really funny. Chorky. And, <laughs> uh, it turns out Lumpanella might be a robot, and it's got new musical numbers in it, and it is on YouTube, and bad lip reading is, like, one of my favorite things ever. Mm-hmm. So I've watched it, I think, twice. That's so. awesome. I'm going to check that out. Mm. It is so good. Well, we've got to move into the television of 2008, October 19th to the 25th. Um, yeah, I'm not excited. <laughs> I'm truly not excited uh-huh. to tell you about you uh, the end of Janice Dickinson's modeling agency. I think oh. this was an offshoot from America's Next Top Model. I, why do I know her? Was it, I think it's the surreal so life. She is how claimed, I know her. So, no, Janice, per, yeah, I think you probably yeah. do know her from that. But she, in the 80s and I think late 70s, she bills herself as and is debatably might be the world's first supermodel. Okay. And right. she had a huge uh, influence and she was one of the judges on Tyra Banks and Next, mm-hmm. Next Top Next top model um, for a while. And I think there was some sort of weird falling out or something because Janice Dickinson is kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so this is like her spinoff show. I never saw it. I watched some American Next seasons, Top Model. But... Um, on, on Oxygen, on yeah. the Oxygen channel. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, more recently, uh, she was at the Bill Cosby trial. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I had forgotten about that part. Can't squash <laughs> all the dreams, Bill. Um, Go to hell, but, <laughs> it, uh, I think he's there. But uh, Jesus, probably right tied right up there with All in the Family and uh, Batman the Animated Series, the most spinoffs ever, Flavor of Love or The yeah. Surreal Life or oh, wherever the fuck yeah. that came from because that spun off into I Love New York and then I Love New York spun off into Real Chance of Love, mm-hmm. um, which is on VH1 and I'd rather not talk about it. Okay. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm not familiar with it. Same with the thing we never, I've never, ever, ever in my life heard of a late night primetime drama spinoff of General Hospital for Soapnet. General Hospital Night Shift, Ooh, not to be confused with Baywatch Nights, sexy. concludes after two seasons. Uh, the show I did wish I would have seen that was canceled after one season has very little information out there on it. Um, I hope it's just Night Shift, them just like treating old drunks I think and like kids, <laughs> like college kids who are too high on weed. I would and guess are more crime, out. more crime, less fucking. <laughs> Um, but the one show I wish I would have seen because I didn't remember CNN breaking formula this early. I never saw the show DL Hughley breaks the news, hmm. a DL Hughley show on CNN. Which the only thing you can sort of see about it is that it's controversial because they really took DL to task for his claims. Like he's a comic, so when he calls Republicans, "Hey, y'all look like Nazis," there's not a single brother in there. But now it's on CNN, mm-hmm. and now it needs to be addressed as if it's news. Whereas like. 
and, and that's the only articles I could find about it. Like, we take great issue with what D.L. Hughley said. You could have said it on any other channel and no one would have given a fuck. But that he said it on CNN, I think, gave them cold feet. Mm. Meanwhile, like, mm. some of the... It's so weird. Some of the best shows on TV are on CNN. Right now? Yes. Oh, it's I so know. crazy. It's uh, bizarre. The last bit of Anthony Bourdain and that and Kamau Bell show yeah, Debbie is Kamau fucking amazing. Bell is killing it. I for always forget his W first name. Kamau, quit fucking with me. God damn it. Um, but yeah, his show is fantastic. It's one of the best things yeah. on television. It's on fucking CNN of all things. Home to the worst news podcasts you can <laughs> you can ever watch. <laughs> You've read all the articles they have. They have no new information for you. Mm-hmm. Just learn how they feel about mm-hmm. them. Um, and okay, this is a little better. Um, on October 23rd, the office episode crime aid airs. And yeah. I think at this point, we're just probably going to mention every fucking, the cat just hit the ceiling. Um, we're going to mention every fucking office episode because I, I don't know when that happens, but is there a bad season of the office? Maybe the uh, first one? It, the first one. The first one's yeah. not great. I always skip that. Mm-hmm. Usually. You start towards the end of the last couple of the years. Post Carell stuff, you don't know? Yeah, don't dig? the Post Carell stuff is not great, mm-hmm. but there are still great episodes within it yeah. um, that yeah. I, I think definitely deserve attention. But uh, yeah, I really, besides the third season, I really also like this season of The Office that mm-hmm. we're talking about now um, because it's when Holly like gets Holly. introduced mm-hmm. and she's just right. such a great. Great match for Michael. And it's I, just I, kind of perfect. What's her Amy? Um, what's her What's um, her name? But I'd only see her in like The Ryan, Wire and Amy Ryan. Amy Ryan and like right. Gone Girl and like the most yep. or Gone Baby Gone, the most depressing roles of all oh time. And God, she gets to be fun and funny yeah. here. <laughs> I know, and she and Carell are teamed up again in Beautiful Boy, the <gasps> movie with the, about like their drug oh addicted God. son and stuff. And I'm like, well, Michael Scott, no. I, yeah. See, I, I didn't know like, that. Oh, but, they didn't have a happily ever after. This is really sad. Side note I saw back to back previews for Welcome to Marwin and Beautiful Boy recently, and it's oh going to be like a full sob fest for mm. both of those. So <laughs> gird your loins, everyone. Well, I think the casting of both of them in a movie speaks to the idea that like, Office, I think now is we're all pretty comfortable saying it's a modern classic. It's the oh, yeah. Seinfeld of this the decade we'll be talking about. Yes, um, yeah. but the Crime Aid happens. Uh, crime Aid because um, Holly and Michael yeah. <laughs> get down for Holly the first time. Holly and Michael consummate their relationship, and in their inci- mm-hmm. excitement, forget to lock the office building, and so the office building gets robbed. <laughs> and so they instead of fessing up to it they michael decides to um organize crime aid which was a fundraiser to help raise funds to buy new stuff i think yeah and does like a site it was good he was gonna do an auction for it Mm -hmm. and um hilarity ensues i think it's a fun idea thank you we could auction off things that we do for each other like cleaning or tennis lessons my sorority did it all the time okay i'm gonna have to stop you right there was this a sorority that you didn't get into a real sorority, so you had to kind of form your own? Move on, Michael. Okay. Okay, well, come on. Let's have an auction. Let's do this. We'll auction off people, like in the olden days. So, in order to recoup the value of items we liked, we have to spend more money on things we don't want. Who would ever come to this? I don't know. It could be any number of people. It could be a pedestrian. It could be a uh, old person. It could be a Lukey Lou. <laughs> Or it could be a Bruce Springsteen fan. What? Who said that? I did. Why did I say that? Oh, I think you know why I said that. I think it is very apparent. I think it goes without saying, bear with me. There's a point there. But what is the point? 
I don't understand what he's saying. It seems a little shady. It seems a little foggy. Well, it's not a little foggy. There's really something going on. Do you need us for any of this? <laughs> Why? Yes, anyway. Uh, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> and um, culminates with a very sweet, not culminates, mm -hmm. but part of it is one of my favorite things where uh, Bob Vance bids $1,000 for a hug from his wife. Oh. It's so sweet. Bob a Vance, Vance refrigeration? Bob Vance, a Vance refrigeration. That's oh, right. <laughs> all right. Um, but uh, I'll say last but not least, but this is, I, I didn't watch any of these. But at this point, I would appreciate a show like this more. Um, the Spike Scream Awards. I think they ended in 2011. Wait a minute. So they mm -hmm. stopped giving out awards for Best Rack, and now they're going towards <laughs> the, the guy horror awards? Movies? Towards horror movies and fantasy. Okay. So like when you see the winners, it's I like, proof. I'm so glad something I liked won something from somebody. Yeah. Because it's not it, it's the stuff that doesn't win awards typically. So the Spike Scream Awards 2008 Best Fantasy Movie, and you could pro you can have problems with this, but if you heard Hellboy 2: The Golden Army won an award, good. That's one of the best movies I never hear anybody say shit about. Yeah, I'm not Best Fantasy mad about Actor it. Heath Ledger Dark Knight, Best Fantasy Actress Angelina Jolie Wanted. She's awesome, and I love that movie. Yeah, it is fucking fun, and it's never Best Comic Book Why the Last Man. What television show is going to give Brian K. Vaughn's fantastic Why the Last Man? An award. Fantastic. Losing to Astonishing X-Men and, and Umbrella and, and The Walking Dead before that was a television show. Mm. Most memorable mutilation. Penis bitten off by vagina. And okay. teeth. Well, from there the movie we go. Teeth. We, I mean, we right? have to have a little bit of the yeah. Spike Awards in there. Right. That, what? That's, that movie's amazing. Have you seen Teeth? I have not seen Teeth. Yeah, it's about a vagina filled with teeth. Um. <laughs> I got that from what you the, the description you just gave me. Cool. Gary Oldman wins Best Supporting Actor for Dark Knight. Where's that going to happen? Best Science Fiction Movie, Iron Man. Okay, let's not get crazy. Yeah. But it, I guess this is before Marvel. Yeah. Like Iron Man was in every movie. Yeah. Um, but it, it beat out. That's Cloverfield. technically science fiction. I yes. guess so. Yeah. But it beat out Wally and Cloverfield, and I can't accept that. Oh, uh, okay. No, not Wally. <laughs> Mila Jovovich won Best Science Fiction Actress for Terrible Resident e Resident Evil Extinction. Mm. Uh, but that kind of stuff. Breakout performance was won by Wally. From Wally. Okay. And I oh. hope they did something cute with it. At least they didn't give it to T.J. Miller. He's <laughs> <laughs> nominated for Gloverfield. Dude, I'm hot, dude. dude. Anyway, uh, that is it for television. If I can move briefly into the games, which I cannot because it is too big a week, even though most of it is sequels and ports. But Rock Band 2, forced <laughs> their hand is forced by Guitar Hero to release a sequel, even though they said we will just be releasing DLC. You can buy what songs and albums you want and we won't release a full game but Guitar Hero wouldn't stop so they couldn't have 16 versions of that on the shelf and one rock band so they had to fight back here we are because Guitar Hero World Tour also came out that week mm. where they fought rock mm. band by adding drums and I think this is the one that added a in the wake of the iPod the touch Guitar Heroes it never was added to another guitar peripheral mm. where it was a touch pad that you can move back and mm. forth um, in a more in a weirder world when Rockstar didn't make uh, less than 1.5 games Midnight Club, that used to be a big racing game from Rockstar, the Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption people. You'll never see it again. I, it just it, it was a, they were a fantastic series, but I think they'd rather put their chips in other series. Uh, Dead Space comes to PC. Bioshock comes to PS3. We've talked about those before. Bully Scholarship Edition, another Rockstar port, comes to uh, Xbox 360. And Spider-Man Web of Shadows. And were this podcast recorded two months ago, we would say is the best Spider-Man game of all time. Mm. Now we have the PS4 ah. version, which is the best fucking Spider-Man game of all time. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I, it's my only platinum. Um, Far Cry 2 is also out. That is the, another adventure in the wild with Far Cry, this time being Africa. And it's a very, very interesting game. I, I probably played the most 
until Far Cry 5. Fable 2 is out, as is uh, Castlevania, Order of Ecclesia, just in time for Halloween. I wish I could tell you more about that, but I don't remember if I played it or not. Mm. There are a lot of Castlevanias mm, out for 2DS. Not a good sign. Well, because there were a lot of Castlevanias out like almost annually for DS at that point. And they have memorable storylines, but I just more like the motif and the gameplay, and mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck about the story. Uh, Brett does, and we have a whole show, uh, maybe even a YouTube video that shows you exactly where the story is. The story's all over the place, told um, out of continuity all the time. First game is like the seventh, is the sixth game, or is the sixth in the timeline. Yeah, I know. But by the way, Halloween recommendation, that I think the second season will be out by now. That first season of Castlevania on Netflix is fucking excellent. It is the best new Halloween animation you can watch this side of uh, Over the Garden Wall. Mm. So check that shit out, animation buffs. Anyway, that wraps up the show, ladies and gentlemen. You guys have unlocked uh, the comment show, patreon.com slash laser time, in addition to uh, bonus Yay. time, a uh, weekly show, uncut, commercial-free, that we do every single week. Uh, you can hear about our trials and tribulations with the Hurricane, which um, um, if you have the Laser Time team was affected by Hurricane Michael, if you feel like donating, maybe look into your local Red Cross, maybe even vote against a candidate that would say global warming does not exist because I have seen proof firsthand that it does and it affects us. Uh, and it is horrible. And I have never been more disappointed with an elected representative that will do nothing about it. And soapboxing. But um, check my Instagram if you want to see. I have never seen damage like that firsthand in my entire life. An entire multiple cities are gone that I grew up around or in. And mm-hmm. it, is, it is like nothing I've ever seen. It's like a bomb went off. It's, it it's flattened everything. Mm-hmm. Everybody's sleeping outside and uh, there's no water. And there's no. by the time you hear this, they will be about to have power restored from an, uh, a storm two weeks ago. But um, yes, yeah, I cannot believe I interrupted my plug with a plug for something valiant. I'll never do that again. <laughs> um, I'll never do that again. Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at LeCineNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, where um, getting some, yeah, some fo- folks send in, you know, like little tips when they come across something. I love that it's like I'm, sp- I'm spreading the disease of whenever you see something happened in like 2008, you go, oh, when? Let me find out. <laughs> yeah, so add it to the show. Usually on top of it. Um, and you can, you can also listen to Laser Time, which has been mostly Halloween-focused this week. Our most recent episode is all about true, the true, big-ass air quotes, stories Quote behind quote. horror movies. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> it's a fun episode. It really is, because like that, looking into The Exorcist, how this was a nothing story until The Exorcist came out, and then it was given a whole lot of meaning yeah. uh, that may or may not exist at all. Mm-hmm. But the point is, some poor boy was exorcised <laughs> in real life a yep. lot. Uh, and the Conjuring people are complete frauds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Um, and other than that, we should have some more horror stuff for you. And if that's not enough, uh, just for patrons at the $5 level, in addition to over 100 movie commentaries, including a bunch of Halloween stuff like uh, Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters uh, and, and Nightmare on Elm Street, we have an Elm Street Nightmare, the show that's all about Friday the 13th. We should be on the fifth or sixth episode. The hurricane has held us up a little bit. You 302010ers shouldn't notice that too much. But uh, yeah, we were without power and internet for quite a while. Uh, uh, but we're back, and we should be in full swing by the end of this week. Um, and also, Video Game Apocalypse, the weekly video game show. I should have had Michael on to talk about all these games because we, odds are, at this point, we were flying all over the state or planet, playing them or writing dumb previews that no one read about them. <laughs> um, and yep. I, I believe now he works for one of the companies who released one of these games on the list that came out this week. Anyway, um, anyway, burst in the death, Diana. All right. 
so deaths we only have one um and she's not really famous but she does get one of the best punchlines of all time in 2008 we lost estelle reiner she was 94. where do you know her from Hmm. well she's carl's wife she's rob's mom and she got to say this i'll have what she's having oh nice so awesome Wow. Oh, God damn it. Oh, that's a wonderful line. That's from when Harry met Sally. Yep. And that's that's right. Carl Reiner's wife and Rob Reiner's mom. I'll yeah, have so Rob Reiner put his mom in like the most famous scene in the movie where uh, Meg Ryan shows that it's pretty easy to fake an orgasm. I'll do it right here in the middle of Katz's Deli. <laughs> I'll do it yeah. right now. And then an old woman says, Waiter, bring me the food that makes me come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I, it's I'm like paraphrasing. You, you ran it through a Google Voice like translator. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but with the deaths, we have to uh, do something Phoenix light and run in with the births. Come on. Oh, birthday is a okay, it's time for the birthday quiz. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Okay. Born October 22nd, 1938, turning 80 years old. He was born in Stamford, Connecticut, the youngest of seven and a descendant of a Mayflower person. Chris Antista, Uh, no. (laughs) No. He has, are you 80? No, I just feel that way. Okay. It hurts to wake up. (laughs) He has 225 IMDb credits. Okay. So I'm guessing a lot of voice and TV stuff. Yes. Uh, those credits include One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, To Be or Not to Be, Star Trek Three, and Man on the Moon. Christopher Lloyd. There you go. Boom! Thank you. Ooh, nice. I was going to start, and if you didn't get it off of that, I was going to say, movies of his we've covered, Eight Men Out, Anastasia, Ransom of Red Chief, Fly Me to the Moon, Who Frame Roger Rabbit. And I have determined the difference between boomers and Generation X and millennials mm-hmm. is... Do you see Christopher Lloyd and think Doc Brown, or do you see Reverend Jim Ignatowski? Ooh. Mm. That's a good... Definitely not the latter, whatever that was. Taxi. He is so goddamn good on Taxi. (laughs) Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. But yeah, if you see him and you're like, Reverend Jim Ignatowski... I was actually I was actually struggling to try and think of like uh, who he was in Man on the Moon, and then oh yeah, he's that guy from Taxi. He's That's, himself. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes. That's why I threw it in there. That concludes this episode of Thirty Twenty Ten, and oh my God, we got to yes. close out with "Praise You" by Fatboy Slim. Off, you've come a long I can't way. Believe baby. this wasn't number one. This I know. song was I unavoidable. Know. It was. It truly was. I mean, but was this even the first single? It was like six singles off this album, with all with great videos directed by Spike Jones, usually. And Jesus Christ, I never want to hear them again. But you're gonna, uh, <laughs> audience. Or you can cruise over to LaserTimePodcast.com and check out LaserTime VGA, or Patreon.com, where you can uh, support us financially if it behooves you for the low cost of five bucks. Keep the whole show going. Everyone paid, eaten. All the equipment up to date. We do appreciate it. We are succumbing. Hurricane, we got through with minor damage, but again, other people haven't. So if you feel like donating, the Red Cross has a designated spot for Hurricane Michael victims. And that's the one I'd recommend the most. Because I saw them a lot. They were they're really they really showed up out there. Um, anyway, we will be back next week. Let's go out with Praise You. Good night, everybody. <laughs>